young people um, whose parents I knew before those young people were born. What I saw is 75% of the young people that were there have been born among us. Unbelievable. And those young people were leading worship. They were giving prophetic words. They were praying for one another. They were building relationship. And, and as I sat and watched this quietly, uh, more and more as the youth retreat has gone, Tim and Lynette and their team do a great job. But I'm excited that I get to go and hang and do less. Not because there isn't something to do, but because the young people are stepping up and doing it. And, and I, Breno's preaching, and Eli's preaching, and, 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 and I'm thinking, I used to be the one preaching to them. And then I, I look around, and I see some kids who are there, and they're the kids of kids who used to come to the youth retreat. And I thought, where, where has God brought us in 20 plus years and what God has been doing, we forget because we're so used to seeing their faces. But when you see God moving and doing some things, I was so encouraged, I was so blessed, not only by the kids, but by the leadership of our, our youth teams and uh, just the volunteers, the cooking, the security. Do you know that there was, there was gentlemen who volunteered to be security 24-7 for the whole weekend we were there? Come on, give them a hand, right? Like... such a blessing, right? Like, I, I remember, there's Kinsley, Kinsley, my granddaughter, she's at the youth retreat, and I was sitting there thinking, I remember when her dad was at the youth retreat, right? Like, just great weekend, and, um, uh, you know, my uh, daughter-in-law, Sarah, I remember she was at the youth, you know, like, uh, and kids are just among us. That's a blessing, and it should be celebrated, and I just want to say this to us, like, we should, we will, and always must embrace the prophetic word that God gave us. That our church would only prosper to the point that we took care of, emphasized, equipped, and made ready the young people. The covenant of Abraham was banked on what? Who? Come on, come on, church. A young person. God's promise to Abraham would have went no further than Abraham if it had not been for a young person. Come on. And God's promise to us and the kingdom and who we are, to our community, to our local schools, it goes no further than who we release it into our young people. Church, I, we have so much to be excited for. So much to be excited for. That, I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 1. We're in our second message in this series. And um, it's, it's, we're, 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 we're on the Jordan journey. We've moved from the Red Sea 40 years now. We're at the Jordan. And um, there's some interesting things because I really, my initial push was to name this breaking the wilderness cycle. But 
We're going to talk about breaking cycles, but that's the Jordan journey. It's breaking cycles. They, they couldn't cross the journey or the Jordan until the journey of breaking some cycles happened. And it took some years to do that. And many of you will know that there are some cycles in your life. Hello, somebody. That you've been wrestling with and you feel like it's taken some years some of them you've overcome. Some of them you've broken. And you're like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. That took forever. Come on, somebody. And some of them you're going through right now. And you're just like, man, this is taking forever. Watch Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It's very familiar to you. God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you, be strong. Everybody say, Be strong. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on. Father, bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Now, I have made no apologies that these two sermon series have birthed out of my own wrestling uh, over the past year. Uh, Not that I've complained or looked to be a victim. Um, but my own wrestling, especially over my wife's health and some of the things, the fears, the anxieties, the things I thought maybe we'd overcome, and, and those, but to thank you for praying for her and, um, and, and just what's going on. But i just being honest. I'm not that pastor who just wants to kind of preach you a canned message. I, I want to be honest about where I'm at. We're on this journey together. Amen? And uh, I, I've just been vulnerable as I can be. And uh, I know that every week I get up here and smile, but uh, some weeks that smile is a faith smile. Come on, you with me. Uh, and I know every week I'll pray for you while longing in my heart that somebody would pray for me. Come on, somebody, right? Like, you've been there, right? Um, it, it's those things. Over the past year, though, I, I continue to hear th- these words, be strong. It just echoed over and over and over in my spirit to the point that I was aggravated about it. Why? Because I wasn't. Isn't it amazing that God comes to us in the moments where we feel like we are the weakest and tells us, be strong. It's not an option. It's not possible. This is why I'm wrestling because I'm not. Lord, if I was strong, I wouldn't have this issue. I wouldn't be going through this. And, 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 and not on, on top of the wrestling with, with just walking with God over this issue, right? On top of that, then I felt like there's that weight of the command of the Lord to be strong when I couldn't. And so not only are, are you discouraged because of what you're wrestling with, but you're also discouraged as a Jesus lover. That you can't be obedient to what he's asking you to do. I can't be strong right now. And it might surprise you, but it, it led me into some anxiety. Come on, somebody. Nights of not sleeping. Where your mind won't turn off. Where you're trying to figure out what is happening. I have a feeling I'm not the only one. I do, and, 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 and that's why I want to preach this way. Uh, but I also have a feeling that this is a cycle that the Lord wants to break. He wants to break the cycle of discouragement and anxiety. He wants to break the cycle that every time we face resistance, that we cower back. 
And we let go of his promises. Or we let go of purpose. Or we let go of goal. I have a feeling I'm not the only one. You ever just need a day? I, I can't remember telling my wife. My wife's like, well, you are just, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I just need a day where I don't have to think. Come on. I don't want to think about other people's problems. I don't think about my problems. Hello, somebody. I mean, I, I, I just need a day where I don't have to fix something. Come on, you go home. You get to spend a whole day at home. You're excited about not having to go anywhere. You just got a day off. You get to be around the house. Guess what confronts you when you get to spend a whole day at home? Everything is broke. I haven't been here in months. That's why everything's broke. Time to fix nothing. Come on, somebody. I'm just being real. I love the beginning of the book of Joshua. You know that I love Joshua. He's, he's God's great general. It, the whole atmosphere and attitude of everything that's happened and been going on in the 40 years of, of the wilderness now, all of a sudden this new leader comes into it and the atmosphere changes, the expectation changes, everything. There's, a, there's something about what's happening that's happening at the first of Joshua that, that causes a buzz, right? And it, it's, to me, it's one of the the most encouraging places in the scripture because change is happening after years of struggle and that what we want come on i'm tired of struggling with this i'm tired i'm, I'm tired of the merry-go-round of stupid change has got to come i'm ready i'm ready not that we don't love moses not that come on somebody it's not all about it's, it's just about man here it is there's something and it energizes me every time i come to this book for the next of life sure does energizes me i get right there I, and i use some devotions to help me kind of work through some of this stuff and i hated them all Because I felt weak. Can I, I just jotted down some stuff. Is that all right? Maybe you don't do that. I felt weak. But over and over and over, every time I would pray and get to the scripture, you know what I'd hear? Deuteronomy 30, 31, 6 and 7. Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid of them, for the Lord will go with you. Be strong and courageous. Deuteronomy 31, 23, the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 6, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 7, above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction of my servant Moses commanded you. Joshua 1, 9, I haven't, I commanded you to be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 18, above all, be strong and courageous. 2 Samuel 10, 12, be strong. Let's prove ourselves strong to our people for the cities of God. I really hated 2 Samuel 13, 28. Be strong and valiant. And 1 Kings 2, 2 doesn't help at all. It says, be strong and be a man. I mean, all I want to do is suck my thumb. And every time, I'm just trying to work through something, and it won't escape me. Be strong and be a man. No, I don't want to be a man right now. 
First Chronicles 22, 13. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Whatever. First Chronicles 28, 10. The Lord has chosen you to build the house of the sanctuary. Yeah, that's me right there. Be strong and do it. Whatever. Do you know where I lived in that scripture? The Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. There was a time in my life where some leaders told me, don't build a church in Centerville. As a matter of fact, what we want you to do is close the church down. Let's figure out where to put those people. But this scripture was in my head. God had spoken to me. The Lord has chosen you to build a house. And I said, no, God has not called me to close churches. God's called me to plant churches. You know why I lived there? Because that was the only place, the word of God, where I could be strong in that moment. Because God had spoken it, not me. And I'm not going to argue with the word of God, even though I like to. I, don't, I never win. Second Chronicles 15, 7. But as for you, be strong. Don't give up. Okay. Easy for you to say. Second Chronicles 32, 7. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged before the king of Assyria. Or before the large army that is with him. For there is more with you than with him. That, I mean, that's, you, sometimes you look around, ain't nobody to be found. But the Lord said, there's more with me. I don't see them, Lord. Ezra 10, 4. Come on. He's the only man described as a, a scribe and a priest. Ezra, he's a scribe and a priest. Ezra 10, 4. Be strong and take action. Do something. Psalms 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Psalms 31, 24. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. All you who put your hope in the Lord. Isaiah 35, 4, say to the cowardly, be strong and do not fear. Here is your God. Daniel eleven thirty two. the people who know their God will be strong and take action. Haggai 2, 4, be strong, all you people for of the land uh, and work, for I am with you. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and strong. 2 Timothy 2, 1, Paul says to a young disciple, he says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I hated every one of them because I wasn't strong. And to be truthful, when I was working through it, not even that encouraged me. Because I was like, God, I want to be strong. But I'm not. Let me tell you something, church. I'm just going to be honest with you. Some, peop some people tell, you know, one time someone said, Pastor Don, you shouldn't be so honest. People need to see you as perfect. And I'm just like, you know, you got the wrong guy. I need Jesus more than you need Jesus. Trust me. I know me. I have learned that no matter how hard I strain, there are times in my life when strength for the moment or the situation is nowhere to be found. 
And without fail, every time I'm in that situation, you know, what I, you, know what's, you know what's going on? I'm trusting my own strength. I'm, 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 I'm in my own strength. And so therefore, I can't be what God's called me to be. In my own strength, even the simplest things will stop me. This, this weekend, there was such a prophetic picture, and, I, and I, didn't, I didn't say anything. I just kept meditating on it. But at the lake at, the, at Luther Old Camp there where we're at, uh, the lake is beautiful, and the kids enjoyed the lake and, and all those things. But right on the shoreline, they have some stakes down, and they have some uh, nylon string right where the water meets the shore. And, and that nylon string is about, I don't know, six inches, seven inches tall. And it's stretched all the way across the front of the beach area there. And, and I watched the kids as they were stepping over it. They were trying to trip over it. And, 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 and I know what the string is there for. But it's in the way. And it's hindering the ability to go in and out without, and they wouldn't be paying attention to be running from each other, screaming. You know how kids do, ah, and they, they you know, they're, and poof, there they go right over the string, right? Now, we call that a goose line in South. Come on. You don't want, you know how it is if you live close to water and all the geese around, they just come up in the yard, they poop all over everything. And so you put this string seven inches high right at the shoreline and the geese won't cross it. So it keeps them from coming up on the beach there and pooping in the sand and it lets it doesn't, you know, hello somebody. It keeps them. Now, here, here's the thing. And so the kids are like, why is this here? What's that? And I'm like, you don't know what that is. That's a, that's a goose line. I mean, maybe that's not what you call it. In the, that's what we call it in the south. And that just keeps them from coming up onto the shore, right? They just come up and that, that string touches them on the chest and they just turn back around. And they don't even try to figure out how to go around it or under it or over it. This stupid bird, this stupid bird who was designed by God to fly at the highest flights with the greatest speed, doesn't have the knowledge to understand he can fly over the seven-inch string. And it works every time. Hello, somebody. It works every time. They, they don't cross it. They can't cross it. Most of them don't even try to figure it out. It's just there. It's in the way. It's a thin piece of string, seven inches tall, that stops an animal that can fly over a mile high. This bird, designed by God to fly at heights, can leave the water... And fly over this string. But in its mind, that string is something it can't overcome. So it forgets to simply fly over it. It forgets what God has equipped it to do and be because something simple is in its way. It forgets. And we take advantage of it. 
We put the string up because we know the bird will forget who it is. We take advantage of it because we know the bird won't use what it's equipped to do. We take advantage of it because we know the bird is lazy. Oh, Pastor Don's preaching, you don't even know it yet. I'm just standing at the string all weekend long. Hello, somebody. You see, how about you? Are you discouraged by something because you're trusting in your own strength? You see, there, there are things standing in mind in your way that in your mind, because of your own strength, you can't get over it. It's as thin and as small as a string. And you know what I wanted to do? You know what everybody wanted to do this weekend? In our own strength, we're going to rip those stupid strings out of the ground. I was going to take my strength to go over and pull a stake up so people would stop tripping over it. Everybody's aggravated about it. Why is this string here? What does it mean? What's going on? Over and over and over, a thin, small line began to frustrate us, discourage us, and in our own strength and rebellion, we just want to rip it out. Oh, I'm, I'm, but when we trust God and his strength to believe who he has created us to be, the Bible says to us, uh, right, uh, you will mount up with wings of eagles, right? Uh, you will walk and not fall. You shall, come on, church. But we forget. We forget. And the devil takes advantage of us. And he puts something so simple in our way. And we forget. Let me tell you something, young people. You listen to me right now. I love you and love you with all my heart. And everything that I have is yours. Don't expect much because I ain't got much. But the devil has put a string on the shoreline of your future. He has put a string up on the shoreline of your future. And he's banking on the fact that you will forget who God has created you to be. He's banking on the fact that you're lazy. He's banking on the fact that you don't believe that you can fly. He's banking on the fact that you will be discouraged and you'll give up. And therefore, you'll never enjoy the beach. You'll never enjoy your future. But see, Pastor Don's got a different belief. I got something else to bank on, and it's the promise of God. Amen. And it's that God has created you wonderfully, and he's a master, and he has equipped you to do anything and everything he's called you to do. And God doesn't intend for some teeny, small little string to stand in your way. And God said it's by his strength and not yours that you're going to get it to do. And my encouragement to you is to involve yourself always in something that is bigger than who you are, so you'll have to trust God and not your own strength to do it, and you'll fly like eagles. That's my word today. Joshua 1.8 is in the scripture before Joshua 1.9 for a reason. 
It says, this book of the law, this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written into it, and then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. It's before Joshua 1.9. I didn't write it, I'm just reporting it. I don't have a trick Bible. It's right there. It's Joshua 1.8. This book of the law, this book, this instruction, this plan. Come on. You know what I found in those moments when I can't be strong? Even though the scripture has commanded me to be strong. It's leaning into God's word and his strengthening hand. It's, it's in his word that I discover that I can trust his power more than I can trust mine. And nothing is more paralyzing. Somebody better help me than anxiety. And you're not unspiritual if you experience it. You're human. God knew you would experience it. If he didn't, he wouldn't have told you how to deal with it in the scripture. Some of the greatest Bible heroes that we love, commend, and preach sermons about. Do you understand that they they experienced anxiety? David cried out, how long? How long, how long, how long? Over and over and over. There's nothing more paralyzing. As a matter of fact, it's anxiety that kept Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. Numbers chapter 13. Man, it's so good. Numbers chapter 13. Right? Moses sends out 12 spies. Okay? Now, we know the story because you, you, know, you went to children's church. You've been in Sunday school and those type of things. But, you know, Pastor Don wants to read the Bible a little bit different than children's stories. Moses sends out 12 scouts to spout the land. And I need you to pay attention and say, just grab it. And that's when everything went wrong. Come on, there's some leaders in the house who know we've done everything we're supposed to do. We've been obedient. We're trying to be full of wisdom. We're trying to grow the things. We know this is what needs to happen. Let's, you got to go see what's in the land before you can take it. God's given us the land. Let's go check it out. Somebody go look and see what's up. But see, he did what was right, but that's when everything went wrong. You ever done what was right and everything still went wrong? Help me, Jesus. You ever said the right thing and someone still took it the wrong way? You ever been as kind as you could and yet somebody returned to that with unkindness? Come on, you ever did all the things? And you didn't get all the things? You're like, hold up, wait a minute. There's something right. Moses sends out 12 spies. It's a good strategy. Check it out. And the football team's about to start Friday. Come on, Centerville. Some of the Indiana boys, that'll be right? Like, football's about to start. You, you, you watch some tape on the opponent? You should. I'm just telling you, if I am a running back, and I'm going to be playing a team this week, I want to see every bit of the film somebody has on the linebacker because he's the guy who wants to hurt me and I want to know can I outrun him 
Am I faster than he is? Because if I ain't, if he's bigger than me, and I'm going to get the ball, and I can't outrun him, and I know in his mind he's thinking, I just want to kill him. I'm going to be like, hey, coach, we should pass more this week. Not really. My mindset was, give me the ball. I'll hit him first. I mean, that was the thing, right? Like, it hurts a whole lot less if you hit first. Come on. Thump somebody. That's why you got pads on. It'll be all right. We'll pray for him after the game. Number 13, 27. I don't know what's happening here. Anyway. They came back, and this is what they said. Verse 27. And they told him, we came into the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and it's fruit. However, everybody say however. There's a string. Somebody put up a goose line. However, there are those who dwell in the land who are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And beside them we saw descendants of Anak there. That's the giants. And the Amalekites dwell in the land uh, there of Negebeb. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and the Arthritisites and the Cancerites and the Depressionites and, and the Anxietyites and the Discouragementites. They all dwell. They all dwell there. I mean, maybe you don't read your Bible like I do, but it's, I promise you. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, What are we talking about? Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Somebody put up a goose line. The fears are stronger than their faith. And that, my friends, is what destroys your future. See, y'all should have tweeted that. Chap snatted it or whatever it is. Almost grammed it. When fear is stronger than your faith, that's when your future ends. But I love this story, and let me tell you why. Because here we are 40 years later, 40 years later. Israel's back in the same place, but they got a new leader. They got a new leader. They got a new attitude. They got a new thought process. Come on, somebody. And the Lord is with them. And you know what the Lord does? through I'm time to read it all to you. But seven times the Lord repeats them to them about not making the same mistake that they had made over and over and over. Now, let me just put it to you in PD, Pastor Don's terms. Seven times God reminded them, don't get on the merry-go-round, stupid! Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified or afraid. Deuteronomy 31.8, don't be afraid. Joshua 8.1, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Joshua 10.8, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. Joshua 10.25, Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. And Joshua 11.6, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Like Joshua's encouraging people not to be afraid. God's encouraging Joshua not to be afraid. He's encouraging more people to not be afraid. He's like, I know it's, it's easy to be discouraged. I know somebody put up a goose line, but let me tell you, you something it's only a seven inch tall line and it's pretty thin and I don't have to worry about it anyway because God gave me wings and he called me to fly he called me to soar these words are for us as much as they ever were for Joshua 
Because fear, fear is overestimating your problem and underestimating God. Oh, I don't know about you, but the Lord is helping me. Can I, can I just bless you? Jesus told you your future wasn't going to be easy. He told you somebody's going to put up a goose line. In Matthew chapter 6, watch this. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And you should have said loudly. Jesus was right. Listen, let me help you out. He usually is. You right about that, Jesus? Yes. He said each day is enough trouble of its own. You know that. That's why you said, can I have one day where nothing's broke? John 16.33, Jesus said what? You'll have suffering in this world. But he follows it up. Take heart. I have overcome the world. He said, you'll have suffering in this world, but take heart. I have overcome. I have overcome. I have overcome. I, I got news for you, right? Uh, uh, the, the cross of Calvary was the enemy's last stand. The cross of Calvary was the enemy's last goose line, and it didn't work. Go on, church. The truth is here. Focus on the stress, and you'll be distressed. Focus on Christ, and you'll be confident. Uh, the Lord is helping me. Come on, somebody, somebody say, help him, Lord. Help him, Lord. The Lord is helping me. I'm just trying to be honest because I, I don't feel strong, yet the Lord never leaves me alone with this command. You can't casually read the scripture without it hitting you in the face like a brick. What if, what if, what if, church, what if we gripped his promises instead of griped about our problems you should write that one down that was a good one fear is the sin of forgetting God's faithfulness and when that happens anxiety becomes our cycle somebody say amen come on come on I mean, to break the wilderness cycle what we do is we have to accept challenges when they come and don't magnify them. Instead, let's magnify him. He's the one who said, I will give you the land. It was his idea. Do you know how many times I've, tried, I've been obedient to God and, and felt like I got in a spot where I was struggling and in my prayer closet, I had nothing else to say to God except for, this was your idea. Come on, Jesus. This was your idea. I had other plans. Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to be honest. I, I love church. I love the kingdom of God. I've got no greater pleasure, amen, than build, being a builder of a building of the sanctuary. I, I just love it. I love doing that. I love building people. I love all those things, right? There's some things that come along with that I don't love so much, but hey. We all got our thorns in the flesh. I love it. But there are days when I just sit down at my desk in the office and 
I'm like, Lord, this, I had other plans. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know how you get in those moments, but in those moments, I'm so glad that the Lord interrupted my plans. Verse 9 tells us, church, don't be discouraged. Come on. Can I help you out? I've, I've read this book a couple times, a couple times, at least once. And I've never found the Bible to have anything good to say about discouragement. Not, not one good word. There, there's not a single verse commending discouragement. There, there's not a, a single verse touting the virtue of discouragement. There's, there's not a single verse advocating that you and I be the adopters of discouragement. It's not there. Instead, there's pages full of don't be discouraged. Can I say this to us? And, and, I, and I really, I want to say this to young people, but in particular because I'm a disciple of, of men, young men, those, I, 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 just want to, I just want to say this. All of us can listen, and, and maybe it's for you too, but just like dishonesty, dishonesty or immorality, discouragement is a choice. And listen to the voice of experience. It's always the wrong choice. Dishonesty is always the wrong choice. Immorality, regardless of what it is. Breno hit it by, he was like, Breno hit us so hard this week. He's like, just because the world pours it in a cup don't mean you should drink it. Y'all better listen. And he wasn't talking about just alcohol. Immorality, dishonesty, it's a choice. But I'm learning also that so is discouragement. I'm going to be honest with myself. If it, Listen, because that's the first person I got to lead. Somebody say amen. You can't lead yourself. You ain't leading nobody. You, you can't do it. You, your first place a man has to lead is to lead himself. Whenever a husband or a father asks me, the Bible says I'm the head of the house and I'm supposed to be the lead. And I don't even, I don't know what that means. It's very simple yet profound. Start with you. If you can't lead yourself, you ain't leading her. And she don't, she ain't going, no, it ain't happening. Ain't doing that. Y'all should all, listen, every man should be married to a prophet. Because they don't care about hurting your feelings. They care about truth. And my, I, love, I love my wife, but she really doesn't care about hurting my feelings. As a matter of fact, I can go to her sometimes and say, that hurt my feelings. And she's like, whatever. Man up. No, I'm trying to be sensitive. You tell me I should be sensitive all the time. You tell me all the time you should be more sensitive, be more sensitive, be more sensitive. I'm trying to be sensitive here. My feelings are hurt. And she's like, whatever. Get on with it. 
with time for this. Ten spies are condemned for discouraging the people. Ten spies were condemned for discouraging the people. That's why I think praying for our kids who go to school should be our job. We should be encouraging them. By praying for our teachers and our leaders in our school. It's my job to encourage them, right? They've got, listen, you, we don't really have the right to complain about leaders who are making decisions when we refuse to sit in the seat they have to sit in. We should still, we should pray for them. Lord, listen, if it's unrighteousness, let's speak to it. It's all right. But being discouraging. In Joshua, there are commands against discouragement. David himself, as a young man, stood up in front of the army of Israel and said, Do not be discouraged by that giant. What did, who is he? To defile the army of the living God. And all these soldiers are like, you little snot-nosed punk. And David's like, no. What did the king promise the guy who killed him? Um, lots of money. Well, that's cool. Oh, yeah, he'll be tax-free for the rest of his life. <laughs> Hello, somebody. And uh, 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 oh, his daughter. Wait, hold up. Wait a minute. Back up. The money's all right. The tax is pretty cool. But his daughter? Yeah. You mean the one with all her teeth? Yeah, that one. You mean the one who gets her hair, or the, the pretty one? Yeah, that one. David's like, something's about to die. Y'all better get out of here. And, and if you know any teenage boy, you understand, right? He's ready. He's ready to kill Goliath. Somebody, get out of the way. Forget the money. Forget the taxes. I'll be right back. Somebody better get a wedding dress. <laughs> Y'all don't read your Bible like I do. You just don't do it. I know you don't. But that's exactly what happened. David said, don't be discouraged. I'm not discouraged. There's a woman as a prize. Hello, somebody. And she got her teeth. I'm just... Hello, somebody's going to send me an email. Oh, my God. <laughs> David told Solomon. He told, he told him, don't be discouraged. David told his son. David told his son, don't be discouraged. Every father should tell his son that. Come on, we're wrestling with it. Don't be discouraged. Let's go. Come on, we're wrestling with it. We're together, right? You might not have a friend in the world, but I'm here. Let's wrestle with it. Come on, don't be discouraged. I know me and my son have had a lot of those conversations. Come on, let's don't be. Let's fight this thing out, man. Let's wrestle through it. We might not even agree right now. When King Jehoshaphat was in danger, the prophet shouted at him and said, Do not be afraid or discouraged for the battle. It's not yours. It's the Lord's. When Hezekiah told Israel, he stood up in front of him and said, do not be discouraged. As a matter of fact, he said, be strong and courageous. Isaiah told us the Messiah will not grow weak or be discouraged until he has established justice on the earth. Ooh. In the Gospels, there's two disciples walking down a road that we have called Emmaus. We know this road. And the Bible says they were downcast. 
and not discourage people. They are bitterly and ultimately done. And we've all been there at some point in our life. And they soon learned that their discouragement was a waste of energy. Let me tell you why. Because what they didn't know until after the fact is that in their discouragement, the Lord was walking with them the whole time. He wasn't somewhere across the cosmos. He wasn't participating in somebody else's issues. He was walking with them step by step. And he was so concerned about their discouragement that he said, tell me all about it. I want to know all the details. And they're like, are you the only person who doesn't know what's happened? And Jesus is like, what happened? I, I promise you, if I ever write another book, it's, that's the title. What happened? One word. What happened? Because I've been there a lot. Of my, you've been there. You know, you're just like, what? What happened? Paul told the Ephesians, I ask you not to be discouraged. Paul told the Thessalonians to comfort the discouraged. You see, Satan uses a goose line. Come on, somebody. Where's my worship team? Come on. I got to be done. I got because I'm, I'm just too happy this might got to be done. Satan uses a goose line to discourage us and suck the life out of us. And let me help you out. It's contagious. You may tell you how I know that it's contagious. Because not one goose or two goose or three goose geese. See, I told you. None of the geese crossed the line. Not one. Not one. I don't, I don't know which one it was, but one of them had to be the initial one that figured out there's something in the way. Turned around and said, can't go that way. And the rest of them had to say, oh, well. Not one. All of them turned around. Discouragement is contagious. Y'all better say amen. You see, when you give in to discouragement, it pulls everyone around you down. And I want to repent for doing that. Lord, forgive me. I mean, there's a time when we can just be honest about, hey, I'm discouraged, and I don't want that to discourage you, but I'm just trying to be honest where I'm at in my life. There's a difference between using my discouragement to bring everyone down to that same level. That's not the command of the Lord. The truth is, without fail, every time I'm discouraged, it's because I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at my own goals. I'm looking at my own dreams. I'm looking at my own drives. But whenever I'm encouraged, it's because I'm looking at the Lord and His plans and His purposes. I read in a devotion, three steps to overcoming discouragement. I thought this ought to be good. 
Because I, I was like, whatever. Come on, you ever been in that mood where you're like, whatever. All right, I'll read it. Not expecting it to benefit or help. You ever, come on, you ever did that? The first step was resignation. And that is to surrender our dreams to God. Surrender who we are to God. We sang it this morning. The third step was recalibration, right? We're getting ready for hunting season. We're getting some rifles out. We're calibrating those things, trying to figure out what ammo we're going to use, what grain we're going to use, right? We're trying to adjust some scopes. If we want to up the grains, we're trying to recalibrate those things. We're trying to reset some. Hello, somebody. You know, God is the God who likes to turn setbacks into comebacks. And I believe that because that's the story of my life. That's the story of my life. So if you ever read what happened, now you got the summary. That's just what the back of the book's going to say. God turned a setback into a comeback. God produces glory for himself through our struggles. Somebody say amen. Come on. We all want the miracle, but nobody wants to be on the front side of the miracle. Come on. We all want the testimony that God moved, but we never want to be in the scenario where we need God to move. Come on. We, we all want the testimony where I was broke, but God fixed me, but we never want to be in the brokes. Come on, somebody. You, you, there's no victory without a battle. Are you with me? And then the, the, the third step was recalculation. I thought, all right, that's cool. Count the blessing and add up the gains. Mm. And, and so I, I wrote this down right under recalculation. What leaves me in better shape? My list of problems or my list of blessings? What leaves you in better shape? Your list of problems or your list of blessings? Let me tell you something. It's your list of blessings, and that's why you can be strong. Because God is for you. And if God is for you, who or what can be against you? Yes. Yes. The call of God, church, is to press into what He has for us. And to take these words to heart. Be strong. And courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Will you stand with me? Can I say this to you? <laughs> if you're the person in the room who feels like you've been constantly getting tripped up by the goose line, altar's open. If you're the person in the room that the goose line has caused you to forget who you are, altar's open. Come on. Come on. I can't fly for you. Pastor Don can't fly for you. That God gave you. Come on. But I got news for you. I am tired of a seven-inch tall problem keeping me from what God has promised. Hello, somebody. And you better believe that I believe it's true. I told the young people this week, and we tried to emphasize it so heavy, that God has given us promises, but he banked that promise on them. 
Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And it's banked on a young person. And I'm going to say this to every church that's listening. Anybody that wants to hear it or people that don't even like me. I don't care. Nothing, nothing brings more excitement to the local church than new believers and young leaders. Yes, yes, yes. And somebody says, well, that's going to be a mess. Why? I'm going to be here. You're going to be here. And what if your greatest calling at this point in your life is to be the facilitator? Let's get her done. Let's get her done. Tired of the goose line. Y'all tired of the goose line? I know y'all. I saw you trip over it. Sick of that thing. Can I pray for us? And I want you to just respond as we sing. Father, here we are in the house of God. So blessed by your hand. Jesus, thank you. That you are with us. And Lord, we just want to be honest because we, we know that our honesty doesn't scare you, God. We know that our dirt doesn't make you dirty. We are confident, God, that you are strong and that you saved us by your mighty right hand and that you undergird us and you hold us in your hands. And so, God, when we are weak, you are strong. And we want to take these words to heart. We just want to be honest, God. There are times when we are not encouraged. There are times when we are not strong. There are times when we are discouraged, God. Thank you that you meet us there, that you never reject us at those moments. Instead, you come to us, God, and you say, tell me all about it. Tell me all about it. And you don't leave us with a dead-end story of our discouragement. Instead, you reveal yourself to us in a powerful way that you are with us and you're here to, dis- to, to, to deal with our discouragement you're here to deal with our weakness so Lord I'm going to give you praise and give you glory I don't know what the goose line represents it could be addictions it could be, it could be struggles, depression, anxiety it could be marriage issues it could be family problems it could be financial issues it could be employment it could be hey I got to go back to school next week If you want to spend some time with Jesus, he wants to spend some time with you. Come on, church.